Thank you for your heartfelt singing. Um, I, I told Joan on the way here this morning, I said, well, I'm trying to think of people I know at the congregation, and I listed a few, and you're here. It's great to see you. And, but I know the worship's going to be great. And because you sing, you're a singing congregation. Uh, you are blessed with uh, worship leaders and tech people. And, uh, but that means nothing if there aren't hearts that are willing to sing. So thank you for uh, joining in worship. Uh, God is glorified by our music, our praises. He is glorified when we sing about his word and when we open his word. When we care about the things God cares about. And that's what missions is, isn't it? Caring about what God cares about. And the only way we can do that is by getting to know him through his word. It's been, I've been grateful to work with AFLC World Missions for the last three years now. March marks three years since uh, Del and Karen uh, took us around the world. And my wife Joan is with me this morning. And uh, grateful for the groundwork that Del and Karen laid too, saying, you know, Earl, this is going to be your call, but... The mission committee wants Joan to go with you everywhere you go. We, feel, we realize there's a valuable mission to the pastor's wives, the missionaries, the ladies on the mission field. So when you pray for us, pray for both Joan and I as we visit the, the congregations here in the States talking about world missions, but also on the mission field then uh, as we visit those congregations. Well, the missionary that we're going to be looking at this morning is not one of our AFLC missionaries in particular, but it is perhaps the greatest missionary uh, ever it's the Apostle Paul. He went on three missionary journeys from Antioch and then through Turkey or Asia Minor over to Greece and, and back. He did that three times, or part of it anyway. And, and then he went a fourth time to Rome, which is often called his fourth missionary journey. But we're looking at that third missionary journey. He's on his way back from Greece, from Corinth, and, and he's going to make a stop at Ephesus. Uh, Chris read the, the scripture, our text, uh, Acts chapter 20, verses 17 through 38. It's lengthy, so I won't read it again for us. But we want to ask, what would a farewell speech look like from us? Let's pray as we begin. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word that is before us. It's, it's Paul's farewell speech. It, it shows his heart. It shows how you worked in his heart and what he treasured. Uh, they were the things you treasure, Lord. Help us to see that this morning, that this isn't a list of things we ought to do or, or to emulate Paul, but it's what you do in our hearts when we know you as Savior. We, we live in humility and in gratitude, and, and we want a mission to be part of our life. We pray that you'd open our eyes to the truth of your word now and empower your word to reach our hearts. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I asked you, what would a, a farewell speech look like from you? Well, we have an example of one from Paul here. He loved the people and he told them uh, with tears that I won't see you again. Comes to mind a few times I've had to do that with congregations. I've served three congregations, Joan and I and our family in Washington State, uh, two congregations together as a parish in uh, Cumberland, Wisconsin area, and then most recently Radcliffe, Iowa. Dell and Karen, you've served congregations. You've had to leave congregations. What do you say as you go? How do you share your heart with people? Paul, we're going to have an insight from Paul here of what he really treasured, his heart of mission. What made him tick? Why did he keep going? But there's also an aspect that I want you to think about this morning is what if this were your farewell? You know, most of us don't get to speak at our funerals. <laughs> 
So we have to tell people what we're about, what we value ahead of time. We call that a testimony. We, we, we say what God's done in my life and, and who we love, really, in a testimony. We don't know when our life will end, so we need to be considering what's important in life because our final farewell will reveal our heart. What would those last words, what would you want them to be? Let's look at what Paul treasured, his five treasures. Uh, it's really an account not only of Paul, but of God's life-changing work in Paul's life. This isn't a message of, again, five things we must do, but this is five works of God through grace that, that God worked in Paul's life. I want God to work that in my life. And let's see if you see that as well with me, these five treasures. First of all, look at verses 17 through 21, that Paul treasured the message. And this message is a message of repentance and faith. It's right here in verse 21 specifically, or verse 20. He was solemnly testifying to both Jews and Greeks of repentance toward God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Have we strayed from that or is that still our message? Repentance of sin and faith in God. Repentance of sin and faith in Jesus Christ. Well, of course, that, that's the ministry of King of Glory because that's in the Word of God. We see it from page to, uh, every page and cover to cover in the Scriptures. That's the heart of missions is to see people come to repentance and faith. And, and Paul shared that message with all humility. Look at verse 19. Serving the Lord with all humility. Paul says, this is what I've been among you. Paul served with all humility as he brought the message of repentance and faith. How does that message of repentance and faith hit your heart this morning? Do you look at that and say, oh yeah, that's rough. There's, I do a lot of things I need to repent. Yep, I know that. Or, or do you look at it more as a, one who's walking with Jesus and look back and say, there's a time in my life where God worked in my heart, brought me, and he, I was broken in sin, and I realized I couldn't do it on my own, but I needed Jesus. Have you, have you had a conversion experience? Or, or have you affirmed that in your confirmation, perhaps, where, where you said, I believe God began that work in my life way back as an infant, and, and I want to grasp it, and it's a conscious faith for me now. I believe Jesus has died on the cross for my sins, and I've come to him in repentance, and I want to live in daily repentance and, and faith of him. That's, that's the heart of missions, where God works in the heart. And what made this so powerful for Paul was that he never forgot what he was before he knew Jesus. I'm convinced, and, and I, I look for this in Scripture, what keeps Paul going? I'm convinced he never forgot what he was before Christ. What does he call himself? The chief of sinners, right? The least of the apostles. Well, today we look at him and say, oh, he was the greatest apostle. Well, no, he wasn't great. God did a great work through him because God changed his life radically. And that's what we, we hope to see in each of our lives. As we said before, I said in Sunday school, I believe, we call it evangelism here. We call it missions when we go across the border. But this heart of missions is the heart of evangelism. It's the heart of the congregation. It's the heart of ministry. Paul never forgot his testimony. In Acts chapter 26, verse 15, we see him relating his testimony to King Agrippa. He was defending what he was doing before King Agrippa. Acts chapter 26, beginning with verse 15 
he, he recounts his testimony when he saw the bright light, he fell off uh, his, his, the mount of his horse, and he said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. He got up, but get up and stand on your feet. For this purpose I have appeared to you, to appoint you as a minister and a witness, not only to the things which you've seen, but also to the things which shall appear to you, rescuing you from the Jewish people and from the Gentiles to whom I'm sending you, to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the dominion of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins. Ah, did you catch that? Uh, there's the recurring theme, right? To receive the forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who've been sanctified by faith in me. So King Agrippa, I did not prove disobedient but I kept declaring both to those at Damascus and also in Jerusalem, then throughout the region of Judea and even to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds appropriate to repentance. Well, there's, that's a, I love that text. Paul never forgot who he was. King Agrippa, he says, this is what I've done. God did the work in me and I've shared it everywhere I could in the world. Paul was filled with excitement because he never forgot what Jesus saved him from. You know, this time of Lent is important for that, isn't it? We, we look at what Jesus did on the way to the cross, and we, nev we must never forget what Jesus has done for us. And then, you know, even when Paul was talking here, then, and then encouraging people to live with those fruits of repentance afterwards. We live differently when we know Jesus, don't we? Well, he's a, a new creature in Christ. Old things are passed away. All things have become new, and... and the world should be drawn to that because we, we love Jesus. Oh, do you treasure that message of repentance and faith today? Or do you look at it as, ugh, I'm always doing something wrong, I've got to repent. I'm always having to say I'm sorry. Or how great is it that when we come in repentance to God, he forgives us. That, that's what I want you to see this morning, that there's a, 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 the heart of God is to forgive. Chris, you played, I love to tell the story. I see we're going to sing it as a closing hymn. I love to tell the story of Jesus and his love. And do you know that, repentance and faith? Oh, he shared it with humility. He shared it with tears. He shared it through his trials, that message of repentance and faith. Second thing Paul treasured, he treasured completing his course. Look at verse 22. And now, behold, bound by the Spirit, I'm on my way to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit solemnly testifies to me in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions await me. He treasured completing his course. What is his course? His course was what Jesus had laid out for him in life, his goal in life to complete that course. Romans chapter, or Revelation chapter 2, verse 10, I believe it is, Be thou faithful unto death, and I'll give you the crown of life. Paul says elsewhere about wanting to run the race and to finish the course. Keeping step with the Spirit is another way the Scriptures say it. Living out the message of sanctification. Galatians 5, 16. Walk by the Spirit and you'll not carry out the desires of the flesh. And if we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Treasured, completing your course. The believer's course is really led by the Spirit to understand that when we know Jesus, we have a different reason to live. Uh, it's not the one with the most toys that wins. It, 
It's the one who knows Jesus, the one who has that simple faith in Jesus. In 2 Timothy 4, verse 7 and 8 is where Paul says this about running. I've fought the good fight. I've finished the course. I've kept the faith. In the future, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. This ought to inspire every believer today to run with endurance the race set before us. To say, I, I have this message of repentance and faith to take to a world around me, uh, my friends, my family, my neighbors. I want to complete my course. What's the, what's the end of the course? It's, it's heaven. Completing the case, it's heaven. There's now laid up for me a, a crown of righteousness and also for all who love his appearing. Oh, Paul treasured completing the course, not giving up. Nothing can ever be so hard that says we give up. We keep on keeping on. The other scripture reading this morning was in 2 Corinthians talking about making it our goal to please him whether we're at home in the body or away from it. For me, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Oh, this is an earthly tent. These last years with increased sickness have reminded that you know, this is our earthly tent. We have a home, not a home in heaven, not made by hands. And that's, Jesus has made us for this very purpose. So I encourage you to press on in that. Treasure what Paul did, uh, completing the course. But again, that's not something we can muster up inside us. That's got to be God's work in and through us. That's the difference between making it a work of law and a list of things we have to do or saying, Lord, just give me your heart. Help me to see my purpose in life. We can all be maybe not going to the mission field, but we can be praying for those missionaries. We can be doing what we can to send them. Treasure completing the course. Thirdly, Paul treasured a clear conscience. This is interesting, because at the end of life, if, if someone thinks they're on their deathbed, I, I, I've visited with people like this that try to think of things they've left undone, things they need to say sorry for. I remember my mother, before she passed away, she, she said, is there, is, there, is there anything I need to make right with you? Is there anything? You know, she was so concerned she'd offended somebody or she wanted to make it right. It's a clear conscience. How important is that to you? Paul treasured his clear conscience when he was still in ministry. Look at verse 25. And now behold, I know that all of you among whom I went about preaching the kingdom of God will no longer see my face. Therefore, I testify you to this day I'm innocent of the blood of all men. For I didn't shrink from declaring to you the whole purpose of God. <laughs> what is he saying there? I have been faithful to share with you what Jesus has done for me. I've shared my testimony with you. That was important to Paul, that he told people what Jesus did for him, that he shared his testimony. That was what part of what Paul thought gave him a clear conscience. Isn't that that, that's what I want to bother me. I, I want to be bothered by somebody I haven't shared my testimony with. How different would my life be if I cared about that more than anything else? And, you know, God, God works that in us as we get older in life, I think. He works that in us. My father was one who just says, he just became bolder in his faith the older he got. I want to become bolder in my faith the older I get. Not intentionally offensive, 
but just saying, you know what, let me tell you about Jesus. Let's do that. Paul said, I've been faithful. I haven't withheld my testimony from anybody that God has put in my way. That's what, what Paul is saying. And you know what, again, that is not Paul's work. That's God's work in his life. He never forgot what Jesus had saved him from. Oh, be reminded again this Lenten season what, what Jesus has saved you from. If you know him, you know the sins you've been forgiven from. Are you grateful that those sins aren't being held against you anymore? Praise God that we've been forgiven. Because those who know Jesus have eternity. We have, he's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. And that's God's work in our life. Let's let God do that work in us. Keep eternity in mind in all we do, like that scripture reading said. Oh, Paul treasured that message of repentance and faith. He treasured completing his course, faithfulness to the end there. He treasured this clear conscience of sharing his faith with everybody around him. It reminds me of the hymn, uh, the words penned by Fanny Crosby, the blind hymn writer. She had a heart like Paul's. She wrote the, the words to rescue the perishing. I don't know, maybe it's been a long time since you sang that. I, I don't remember the last time I sang it, but rescue the perishing, care for the dying, snatch them in pity from sin in the grave, weep over the erring one, lift up the fallen, Tell them of Jesus, the mighty to save. Rescue the perishing, care for the dying. Jesus is merciful. Jesus will save. I, I love those words. It, it's like Paul. He, he treasured telling people about Jesus. He represented Jesus faithfully where he went. Parents, maybe I'll just mention this encouragement. You know, when we think about... <laughs> teaching our, our family, our, our children, work ethics. You want a work ethic? Look at Paul's work ethic here. Uh, in the same chapter, chapter 20, verse 34, uh, verse 33, I've coveted no one's silver, gold, or clothes. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my own needs and to the men who were with me in everything. I showed you that by working hard in this manner, you must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Paul, the missionary, was not lazy. <laughs> he was exemplifying exactly what Jesus did there, too. He treasured this clear conscience. He'd done, he'd shared his faith. He'd worked hard with his hands. He wanted something to share with others so that they could know Jesus. Oh, what a treasure. Fourthly, look at verse 28. Paul treasured... I'm going to call it the congregation. Maybe you have the word church in your translation. But look at verse 28. Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, the shepherd of the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. And then he says, I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come and in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves, men will rise, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be on the alert. Remember, night and day, for a period of three years, I didn't cease to admonish each of you with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you the inheritance, the inheritance among those who are sanctified. Oh, what can we say about Paul's treasuring the congregation? He loved those leaders at Ephesus dearly, but he also knew there were going to be troubles. 
So did he say, there's no hope? No, he said, you have the word of God. (laughs) Isn't that what he said there? You have the word of God. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. I mentioned with missions that we equip. It's an equipping ministry too. We, We need the word of God to equip. And this is God's work in among us. I hope you treasure the church. This is like preaching to the choir, you know. You're here today. You ought to treasure your congregation. I hope you do. If you don't, you need to pray, God, help me love everybody around me. Help me value my congregation. Again, that's the work of God. Nobody can say, I'm going to love my congregation. I'm going to love my congregation. We need those encouragements once in a while, like in Hebrews, to not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as in the habit of some. But praise God, you're here today. What a blessing to see each of you. I I hope you're blessed by seeing the ones over here, and I hope you on this side are blessed to see those. You know, it's in a, just give you a little idea here, but it was in a congregation once where For the Apostles' Creed, this half turned and faced this half, and they confessed the Apostles' Creed to each other. That's kind of a neat idea. I haven't seen that done for a while. But valuing, I believe, in the the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, and the life everlasting. Do you value your church? Paul valued every church he ever planted wherever he wented. Went, Wented, that's a new word. Wherever he went, he valued the church. And he valued wherever he worshipped. You know, I, I value being here today with you. It's a, it's a blessing to see people that want to hear from God's word and care about missions and care about one another. Paul treasured the church. Not because he planted an awesome church, but because every church is purchased by the blood of Christ. Every group of believers are saved through faith in Jesus Christ. Every group of believers is important. The language, and I've got a list this long of scriptures I could share, that we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. And then finally, let's notice that Paul treasured people. It's kind of a sappy ending of this chapter. You know, they're crying, they're kissing Paul. Maybe it kind of makes you squirm. I don't know. Let me just read those again. Verse 36. When he had said all these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all, and they began to weep aloud, embraced Paul, and repeatedly kissed him. You take that one out of context and make that your theme verse. I mean, what, what does it mean? Well, no, we're not supposed to just repeatedly kiss each other. What's going on here? Paul loved these people, especially, grieving especially over the word which he had spoken. They they wouldn't see his face again. And they were accompanying him to the ship. It's the bon voyage. It was a sad time. Can you see, can we get a glimpse of the love for people that Paul had? He went there and he just wanted to love the people. He wanted to see them to know his Jesus, to join together as a congregation, to surround themselves under the word of God so that they could grow and he would go on his way. That's missions. That's the heart of missions. That's the heart of our congregations too. Is that the heart of your families? Is that that your heart? Are you building your life around what God's done for you 
and that you want to share it with others and, and bring people in. I encourage you. I hope you're in Bible study. I hope you have a way to grow in your faith during the week. And I can say that because I can look at you and I don't have any idea here who's in a Bible study group or has a prayer partner. We all need that. And I can say that because I don't know if you do. I pray you do. And I know better how to pray for your congregation. I, I can picture you as those who Jesus has shed his blood for and redeemed. Thank you again for your love for missions. And I would be amiss to, to say, to not ask you do, you, do you know the Jesus that Paul knows? Paul testified that Jesus had done a great work in his life. Do you know Jesus? If you don't, I encourage you to talk with Pastor Palmer or myself or one of the trusted Christian friends to make sure that Jesus is your Savior. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. It's exciting to talk about missions, but missions begins right here in our own hearts. Lord, thank you for reaching me as a child with the gospel. Thank you for reaching those here who know you, and Lord, I pray that your word would not return void, but would create a desire for this eternal life and for our repentance of sin and each one in the hearing of your word this morning. We thank you for your work in and among us, and Lord, we trust our congregations to you that you would continue to use us in a mighty way to reach our community here. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.